shame doesn't really nourish growth. It really just keeps you stuck. And you can't like help it sometimes. Totally. You just go to it automatically. And I yeah. think it's just a natural human response to honestly to growth. Sometimes you don't like to be reminded of who you used to be. Yeah. And so you feel this shame and it's it's totally natural. But once you identify that feeling, you can sort of go, okay, I feel that. I see it. I'm going to release it. Welcome to the Clear-Headed Podcast. I'm Kate Madry, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. This is the podcast that drops in on people's moments of clarity surrounding their sobriety. Super LA of me, but I like to start every episode with a deep breath in. So if you're driving to work or you're on your way to run some errands or maybe you're in bed getting ready to wind down, let's just start with a deep breath in and out. Okay, let's get clear-headed. I'm so happy you're back and that we got through all of June. This is a little heads up that for the first two Mondays of July, we'll be taking a little intermission and I'll get to describing what's to come when we come back on Monday, July 18th. Wow. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Fun fact, this is our third time trying to record this conversation because there's just been so much, honestly, that we really want to talk about. Um, Sarah is back. I'm back. Hi, lover. My lover. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's me. That's my title. My sober lover. Mm-hmm. It's been so fun being sober with you uh, for the last few months. Sarah and I were trying to say like, okay, what do we start with? How do we have this conversation? It's we're wrapping up the second season. We've learned so much. We're going to do so much, which we want to talk to you about. But as this format is changing and evolving and we've brought on some new producers who are incredibly talented, it's an all-female team. Totally qualified to do this job, (laughs) unlike me. (laughs) You're you're good. You're good. But We got professionals. We do have professionals. And as we're bringing on these incredibly thoughtful, qualified people to help us navigate what each episode looks like, what does a season look like, how do we label them, how do we transcribe them, all of these things that uh, are necessary when you're podcasting, we have decided to add the element of like our real-time temptations or my real-time experience being sober because all of these anecdotes and stories and moments of clarity are incredible to listen to. And there's an in-between these moments of clarity, which you and I experience and anybody who's sober experiences of, oh, wow, I just realized that. Or I'm noticing other things that are happening between when you get sober and as you stay sober. So today we're going to talk about Sarah and I's incredible moments that we've had in the last couple of months. It's been kind of wild how present our past has been. Popping up. Popping up. I mean, really popping up from people who we used to be really close with popping up and seeing where their timeline is to, I know Like just like little reminders of where we're at now. Yeah. And where we maybe would be if we hadn't gotten sober. Yeah. And- 
yeah, just some challenges, I think. Like, I wouldn't even call them challenges, just like in a way, the universe testing, testing us, but like in a good way, you know, like because we came, well, because we came out on the other side. Right. We passed the test. But like, even if you didn't pass the test, it's always good to sort of, nothing is just perfect and not turbulent ever. No matter how like strong you feel in your sobriety, you know, there's people who go to like meetings after they've had like 40 years of sobriety and that they do that for a reason because it's it's different for everyone and yeah there's always going to be some turbulence yeah absolutely and makes you stronger i mean the wording of like challenges and tests it's really all that we have to compare it to and we're going to work on like upgrading that wording synonyms (laughs) but really like when i think about sobriety and i think about the tests or temptations or these hurdles that we go through, I don't think that they're pass or fail tests. I guess we'll just tell you about, okay, so we we live in a neighborhood that we love. We love our neighborhood and we love our neighbors and everybody has dogs and everybody is so kind and says hello. And we're big gift givers, all of us. We are. All of our neighbors and us. We are. Even if it's little like, hey, I got a bouquet of flowers and I didn't need all of them and I'm going to drop a couple off on your porch in a mason jar. Well, that's cute, isn't it? Um, to, hey, I work for this company and I have all this free merch. Do you want to try it? And that exact experience happened with one of our neighbors. And they work for Haha Tequila. Which we used to love. We, when I say Sarah and I used to love Haha Tequila, it was like split a bottle love. You uh, know? Uh, yeah, like a 750 milliliter bottle of tequila. Yeah, girls. We'd knock it it back, you know, start at two, finish at two AM. Says something about our tolerance. Right. Um, and why we're sitting here where we are today is sober because it didn't work out for us. That strategy and that love was not healthy. But our neighbor works for them and we hadn't had the sober conversation because it's also so neighbor relationships and acquaintances and even if you find this like at your job when you say you're sober when do you work that into conversation like does it get brought up then you think about okay am I gonna make this person feel uncomfortable if I bring it up if they say oh let's go for drinks do you just say yeah totally and order a mocktail and then it's like a whole thing of like oh well we could have gone and gotten coffee or I wouldn't even put it and then you have to engage in that uncomfortability there's also like the people too sometimes you tell them you're sober and it kind of like goes in one ear and out the other like i sort of feel like i maybe had this conversation with our neighbor before where it's like i don't drink but right it's you know it's different it doesn't it doesn't like not offend it offensive to me but but he was really sweet and gifted like tried to gift us a bottle of tequila essentially yeah and this is what went through my head so he pops open his trunk and he says, hey, do you want a bottle? And I tell when I tell you that he popped open the trunk and there was cases and cases and cases of haha. Reposado. Like, I mean, just good. all the stuff that we definitely used to really like. Where like I had a moment in my mind, <laughs> my old drinking Katie, not Kate, Katie, Katie. the drinker, came out and I saw for a second like the ah. like literally like the haha bottles in your eyeballs you're like ding ding ding, ding. Ooga, like you ooga. want the slot machine <laughs> it's like ha 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 yes oh my gosh 
perfect. Yeah. That's like what happened for a second. And then he's like, do you want a bottle? And it was just such a reflective moment because I'm no longer there. And honestly, even though I had those feelings, I don't feel guilty about having it. I don't feel shameful no. about being like, ah, that's why it's I'm natural. sober. It's human. <laughs> it's because totally I saw human. Case, cardboard cases of tequila in that. I think anything you cut out and someone's like, hey, do you want this? You're like, no, I don't. But right. there's always going to be like that lingering sort of like, do I? No, right. I don't. <laughs> I didn't even think, do I? I just went back to sick. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, totally. <laughs> celebrating it. Well, it's like you, yeah, exactly. And so we, so I get the bottle and I'm like. We tried to give it back. We were like, no, no, it's all good. We don't drink, but thank you. And it just sort of got uncomfortable. No, I wouldn't even say uncomfortable. It was just like, oh. Give, give it, it to, to your friend. Give it to somebody and tell them that I work, you know, your your neighbor works for Haha. Ha. And we did. We gave it to somebody. We gave it to the owner of the And wave. we both felt like comfortable Lauren enough Popish. to like take that bottle yes. and have it in our house, you know. Yeah. And I, for I don't think everyone would maybe do that. Yeah. Depends on what stage you're in. But for us, we were like, we'll keep it overnight. And as soon as we can get rid of it, we'll get rid of it. Well, I knew Sarah and I had probably different perspectives and this is something good to like talk about because they don't even know that we really did but like I immediately wanted it out of the house yeah I didn't want it in the house not because I was like tempted or I was like I'm gonna you know pop it in the freezer and it's gonna be like a whole thing like I wasn't tempted I just didn't want the energy of it because it was so reminiscent to me I haven't the house that we share. I haven't drinking in. I was we've both been sober the entire time. We've never bought alcohol and brought it into that house. We've never had a a legitimate, you know, alcohol stocked bar like we used to at mm. our own houses. We have this these gorgeous better bars that are all non-al alternatives and it's just as fun. And it just felt like tarnishing to me in some way adding that haha even if it was for like 12 hours so i got right on the phone and i texted and i was like who wants this who wants this yeah but for, it was just for me i i don't think i'm more like well, that's all good we'll get yeah. rid of it no you know shade to the people who do drink tequila totally. just not for me and yeah it can live there for a little bit and we'll get rid of it i felt pretty confident that someone would easily take that off of our hands of course of course um but yeah it's interesting it was a really good moment of being you know, Sarah and I were laughing about how we would have, the old us would have really been like, sick, we have a neighbor and we just are stocked for good. And how different drinking really makes your perspective on like the people that you have in your life. You know, our neighbor would have then become like an asset to me. Like right. uh, that, those conversations would have been in my mind, strictly for getting my supply, you know, of haha. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild when you think about it like that. I know. And and I'm so happy that I don't have that kind of relationship. I know it didn't change our relationship at all. We can no. still just have like genuine conversations when we see each other like, hey, yeah, how you doing? How's everything? And it came up for us again, too, which is so funny, which I think is why we really want to talk about it, because I just think it's I'm curious if it's ever come up for anybody else too of like, oh, this is my this was my vice 
and hear it is again and again and again. And like a very, very specific vice. Like, yes, booze was a vice, but more specifically like tequila, like bottles of nice tequila. Right. And like about a week later, we were at one of my really close friends engagement parties. Yeah. And we were sort of catching up with uh, her close friends that we hadn't seen in a while. And we realized that we lived really close to this couple and we planned a little double date. And then it was Casamigos. Oh, I work for Casamigos. I have endless supplies of Casamigos. I'll bring the Casamigos. We'll all take shots at dinner. Let's do shots of Casamigos. And we were like, we're sober. But it wasn't even a we're sober. It was like, oh, we're sober. We're sober. And her reaction was like, oh, oh sweet. I almost love relief. That. Yeah, she was like, Great. I've been trying to drink less. Exactly. And which was, that was cool. And then we were like, we could do shots of Red Bull. And they were like, oh, Red Bull is awful. And I said sugar-free Red Bull. They said, okay. Right. And it's just interesting how like that conversation, it just would have stopped at tequila and then we would have hung out and then we would have gotten probably blackout drunk with them and not remembered or I, I don't know. It's just. It's just interesting. It's just funny the two brands of tequila that we used to hit really hard. We basically met or like made plans or our neighbors with the sales representatives <laughs> who have like endless unlimited supplies of these tequilas. I know. And to just think about where we were a year and a half ago and what that would have meant to us yeah. versus where we're at now and how little that impacts our life, our relationship with those people. Yeah. None of it really mattered. It was sort of just like, yeah, no, we're we're not that's not our, you know, vibe, but like by all means, do you? Right. Whatever. Like if you want to drink at dinner, do it. But it's just so interesting to compare what that would have meant to us. I know. A year and a half ago and what it means to us now. And it's almost like you know it. Like we know the difference that we have in a year. And and I think as you go through sobriety, you have all these little moments where you start to clock like, oh, wow, look how different this event would have been if I was drinking. Mm -hmm. I would have had to Uber. I know I would have had a hangover or just waking up the next day and being like, wow, I feel great. And I know at that bachelorette party, if I would have indulged, I would have woken up and not remembered it. And you, you have these experiences that allow you to reflect in ways that you wouldn't you can't until you're really in it. Mm-hmm. So it's just cool that we we had that. And also that it was – that those are possibilities of resulting in triggers for people. Absolutely. And I don't know the answer on really what to do if that was a, a trigger for me. I guess it was in a way and I, and I did one in the house and I found the solution and I knew and I admitted and I think that might be the answer to – to get out of it. It was just, yeah, it's I mean, okay I to feel tempted and weird and uncomfortable about those kind of situations. Yeah. And for me, I think if I was alone, mm. it would be a lo- like a lot more difficult yeah. personally, just because I still have a sort of like people pleaser mentality that right. I like am trying to grow out of. Yeah. But it would have been a little bit more difficult for me to be like, oh, you know, no, like I maybe it would have just been more difficult for me. Right. And having someone with me or that I could talk to about it or like share that same sentiment was really important. So I think that's also maybe the answer. If you are alone in a situation like that, pick up the phone and call someone that you know maybe has a similar experience that you can like talk to and be like, whoa. Yeah. You remember that tequila we used to love? 
I just met like the North American sales rep and they offered me five cases. What do I do? You know, right. like whatever it is, right. but like talk to someone, it, say it out loud. I think that's always what we go to Yeah, is just say how you're feeling. Talk to someone who's like minded. Totally. And just don't be ashamed of how you're feeling Yeah, or whatever you're feeling, you know? Right. Totally. Shame doesn't really nourish growth. It really just keeps you stuck. And you can't like help it sometimes. You just go to it automatically. And I think it's just a natural human response to, honestly, to growth. Sometimes you don't like to be reminded of who you used to be. Yeah. And so you feel this shame and it's, it's totally natural. But once you identify that feeling, you can sort of go, okay, I feel that. I see it. I'm going to release it. Yeah. And I'm going to move forward. Yeah. And I'm going to call someone and I'm going to tell them and we're going to be able to laugh about this and it's all good. Yeah. Also, if you don't have that community yet, I've done this, not specifically pertaining to alcohol, but when I feel anxious or something, I just write it in my notes. Mm -hmm. I write it in my notes like unfiltered because sometimes when you call somebody, you feel like you can't even say everything. But I think just getting it out in whatever way that looks like for you. Voice memo notes. Yeah, voice memo notes. Uh, suggested that on our first episode actually of yeah. this season. Yeah, I remember that. Of putting in a vo- voice note. And I think it's so true because also so many things feel really, really big in the moment. Mm-hmm. And if you can give yourself the gift of of writing it down and being able to look back at it, solid. Because you'll realize and you'll see, wow, that really was impactful to me at the moment. And look, I'm here and I'm cool I made and it I'm through. good. And even if that trigger does send you, like, let's say I did take that haha and I did put it in the freezer and I did decide that I was going to just say F it. While I haven't done that and, and what, I, what I'm saying is obviously a little skewed because I haven't experienced that, I would hope that I could implement some kind of forgiveness to myself and, and be graceful because the world is really like pounding us all the time with these temptations and reminders and we're human totally and that's okay another thing that was kind of crazy is i've been going to a doctor a psychiatrist because i've really been struggling with my focus and I, and i'm just kind of reflecting on my childhood and all of these things that and also tiktok hello tiktok really giving us an insight into a uh, what's going on in the mental health world that I really don't think people would have been able to understand otherwise. So I've been on this list for the psychiatrist. Sarah knows. I'm like, <laughs> you know, you know, you've been with me. It's been like a six-month list, which that's a whole other conversation of like, wow, it took me six months. And that's lucky for it to only take me six months. But when I went to meet my psychiatrist, I had to do a urine test before they put me on any medication. And it came back positive for THC, <laughs> which is just wild. Well, a little background there. We, my dad gave us these CBD gummies or like so he thought they were CBD gummies. And he didn't like them because they made his throat, throat tickle. Yeah. He didn't like the sugar on it. So Sarah and I have been taking maybe splitting a gummy or, or like half of a gummy. Yeah, and I think like a full dose is like a, one whole gummy. But we were like, we'll take half, whatever. We looked all over the bottle, read the label. And the reason for that was to go to sleep. So Sarah and I have been taking these gummies it's and al- going to sleep. It was also, sleep. also supposed to help with like muscle soreness. Right. And like I have shoulder pain sometimes. Yes. Yeah. So we just thought, 
harmless. We did our research. It says CBD. Googled it. Looked, looked on the on website. website. Nowhere is it say that there's any THC. Well, there is because it, it came back in my urine that there was THC. So that's like a whole other – maybe that's a whole other episode or maybe I a guest so. next season of like, what does that look like? But this is your warning. If you are going to try CBD to maybe help you sleep because – Sleep is really hard for me. It's always been hard for me. And it's the reason why I really leaned into alcohol because I used to think that it helped me go to sleep. If you're looking into CBD as a way to help, be careful and make sure you really, I mean, do more than read the label and read what's on the website because if that's something that's triggering to you, I just say, I don't know. It's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, I guess – the only way to be like sure like sure sure is like to purchase it yourself Mm -hmm. to talk to like someone who's an expert or like somewhere in that realm of you know they know the different products that they're selling they know the retailers and the manufacturers where they're getting it from and like for sure there's no trace amounts of thc right whatever there's no regulation because the marijuana industry is so new i don't believe there's any regulation i mean i think there's some but i don't know obviously cross-contamination is a thing if it's in the same made in the same what is it called a factory like a factory or something that has thc gummies and cbd you just never know but i mean that kind of brings us to the point of like we want to do the research for you (laughs) On a lot of things, on what is the safest CBD products to use that isn't going to impact or change your state of consciousness? What are really great non-alcohol substitutes that are good for mocktails and are just cool, great cans to have in your fridge to get excited about a drink? And And also, what can you mix with those delicious non-alcoholic spirits? So this leads us to wrap up this episode with what's to come next month. The middle of July, July 15th, we are launching clearheaded.co. The podcast is still going to go on. But we're expanding the clear-headed brand to bring you so much more than just these fantastic conversations. We have a happier hour tab. Sarah's heading all of the beverage on that happier hour tab. We're partnering with some phenomenal small businesses and larger businesses that are all non-alcoholic substitutes to give you clear, in the clear approved product to have in your home that's safe uplifting and still gives you the luxury of being social our whole mission on clear-headed is that you are not losing anything by being sober and we want to show you how much you can gain from lifestyle tips to entertainment tips and even just how to treat yourself clearheaded.co is going to be your ultimate guide for sober care so please follow us at clearheaded.co on Instagram and stay tuned for all the amazing stuff that we are going to provide to you. I'm, I'm so excited for this. Me too. And with that means that Clearheaded podcast will be a sobriety-focused podcast. We want to give you more of the incredible conversations that we had in this last season in our kind of trial run to see our response. And really what it comes down to is your response. 
your DMs, your messages that say that this has impacted you in so many healthy, beneficial ways that an episode encouraged you to try 30 days or now you're three months in and you can't wait to continue that journey or you're just simply reevaluating why you pick up that drink at the end of the day. So we're doing this for you and with you because we're going to keep with the format of popping in from time to time whether it'll be just me or Sarah and I, we're going to share with you our real-life sober struggles, successes, obstacles, adventures, because we're in this together. And just a little heads up, we'll be taking a two-week pause to make sure we have all of our good content batched and ready to roll starting July 18th. Sarah said, I think you said it a couple months ago, mm-hmm. sobriety cannot survive in isolation. And we agree. I agree. So we're here for you. How do you feel? Really excited. I know. To share what's going to come. I know. And we have such an amazing team behind us, working with us. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for tuning in over the last two seasons. I can't wait to see you back here where we can all gain some clarity on Monday, July 18th. See you next month. Clear-Headed is sponsored by Free Spirits. Head to drinkfreespirits.com and use code CLEARHEADED20 for 20% off your first order. This episode was recorded at the Wave Podcasting Studios, and the music used was created by Honeydew. Special thanks to Sarah Ashcraft. For more tips, tricks, and tools, head to our website, theclearheadedpodcast.com.